I'm TJ Stolzenberg. I'm James Yevon. This is episode number 40. Savvy! Savvy! Luis Severino! And I can't wait to talk about him. We're going to talk about Yankees a little bit later. I know. But first, episode 40, that's kind of a milestone, by the way. I know. How about that? 40 episodes. Dude. About it. Good for us, by the way. And you know, it's funny. We're going to talk about things such as uh, when your friend takes magic mushrooms... Yes. Uh, somebody broke history in their bank account. Kids with cancer raising money. It's I know. You're probably saying to us, what the hell is going on here today? It's a, it's a wide variety of topics, but we're excited. And it's going to be a good episode today. So stick around and listen up. Presented by Clovercrest Media Group, by the Clover way. Clovercrest Media. Uh, thank you. Foist. Before we get into anything, I want to talk about a little life aspect. Because something strange and awesome happened for me the other day. Go for I it. mentioned it before we went on air. I shot a movie, like, over a year ago. Yes. Uh, it was basically a student film. He was, uh, he was an actor. I was an actor, and hopefully still am. <laughs> you probably still got the chops for it. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. But, nonetheless, it was an honor to work with that crew. Uh, Mike, shout out to you, the director. He's awesome. Um, I basically was doing a student film at the University of Hartford, but it was essentially just a student using university-level equipment, which was awesome, but it was not for any film class or anything, so he had free reign to kind of do whatever he wanted. So with that, we were trying to shoot a comedy, and as it unfolded, it turned into a horror film. I don't know if it's because my acting wasn't funny. It was terrifying, but nonetheless. Unless your acting was <laughs> so bad. It was actually, so bad. It was, it was terrifying, it's actually. Like, it was. It was so bad. You're not funny at all. You are quite scary. Do you think it's like one of those, like, so bad it's good, like one of those actually, bad comedy horror movies. So actually, that's the thing. Like, in a way, I was waiting forever because I thought this project died. This kid had sent me like the last edited version, oh, like a year ago, and I thought the project died in the water because he went out to California with a bunch of his boys, and they're still pursuing that dream. And so, out of the blue, when he calls me, I'm like, well, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe there's another project coming up, or maybe he just wanted to say hi to you. Oh yeah, you know, and. Not that I, I always need a gain. Oh, and you're a by the way, now. that freaking stink bug is back. It's flying around. It landed on my finger last week. Well, you know what it is? I think it's uh, coming back for more because it probably wants the thirst of the TJ right now. It loves me. It loves the stench of my voice in the... Anyways. The point is... The movie is 98% done. He sends it to me. And I have to tip my cap to him because holy majeebus, the guy did such a good job adding sound and he had a voice actress out there add some like screams and stuff in. Of course. And it made me realize how important sound is in the narrative of a movie. Of course, like, yeah, you need that sound because yeah. obviously if you don't hear it, then you're in obviously deep crap. For, as the, for the average viewer watching, like, don't a movie, do it, so, don't do it, Sophie. He's <laughs> saying don't do it, Sophie, because the cat is. About you to know what it is? Because the thing. <laughs> Look at it. The cat. The if, you, <laughs> if you can't see this, I feel like I should just turn it around and. Turn the stink bug is literally on the camera right now, and Sophie is just looking at it, just like I want to eat it. But obviously, if she tips the camera over... That'd be kind of cool, actually. It would be kind of cool. And we're going to keep rolling if it does. But anyway, as we keep on breaking the fourth wall... But sound is very important now. Sound nowadays, is. Especially with this podcast, I remember too. I couldn't watch The Grudge when it came out, because I'm terrified of scary movies. And I put it on mute one time, yeah. and watching it... Oh my god, it's right on the freaking screen! I keep on thinking... <laughs> I'm ready for it to actually go okay. onto the camera. Okay. We have to try to focus, but this stink bug is right in our He's wheelhouse. stinking our flow right now, as oh he's goodness. right near the bottom of the light right now. Uh, I wish that... Uh, 
for you of you at home, we could see this. You can't, but nonetheless, trust that there is quite a stinky stink bug flying all around our we business. Have a, we have a stinky situation. Anyway, sound is important. The so grudge. sound is important. The grudge. I can't. The sound. Whatever. The dude did such a good job adding like explosive sound and building moments for the average viewer who's not really, let's say, connected to the media that's happening. What people will do is like, you know, their secondary senses pick up things. So for those like that might be watching something, but their mind isn't where it needs to be and their heart isn't, the sound quality and the things like, whoa, like scary moments might be built up through sound. And it was happening for me. And I had an honor to show it to my friends and family, and I can't wait for you to see it. Obviously, But yeah. uh, the movie's called Gas Blastus. And Gas Blastus? Yeah, it, you know. I'm going to write it down. Gas Blastus. It's essentially about a disease that takes over your mind, and uh, it's a 10-minute short film. It's basically 98% done. All that's left is me to dub over a few things. And, and uh, where can they find this? Basically, I have no idea. Okay. Because it's going to be the property of Mike Majuzak? That's as close as, a, as good I'm going to do with okay, pronouncing his last name. Our viewers may be interested but in watching But what I will do film. is as soon as it's done, I'll post it up on my social media and the Life and Pinstripes page. Absolutely. Because yes. I, I really want everybody's feedback. And it's one of those things where uh, I'm not that embarrassed putting it out there, but I've always never liked watching myself, oh my God, because I'm such a good actor. It's, no, it's not one of those situations. I hate to break deals. Now it's one of those moments where you don't be such a pussy you let me so i want the feedback i want to hear what people think but honestly it was just exciting because haven't done any acting in a long time the only film stuff i've done is this and it was nice to know that there's still a pulse out there in my hopes and dreams you know what's also i feel like we've talked so much about like my life and my dreams and all that we actually really haven't talked much about like what you used to do besides the bartending and the ubering and the yeah. crappy stories and all that you know yeah. it's actually kind of refreshing to hear what right. he's done before all those yeah. things. Yeah, and it's it's because it's I had to put so many awesome, important things in my life on pause because I was hitting such a bad part of my life and had to go through it. You had to just go right through it. Today, I watched two movies in a row because I was just in that mood. I watched the movie Fury, which is that Brad Pitt World War II tank oh, movie. A, I've seen parts of it, but I remember it enjoying it. It was good. What was the other movie? And the other movie was Hacksaw Ridge. Saw oh, is that enough? That's the um... Mel Gibson directed. It's about it's Andrew Garfield. It's that's a, it. That's who that so was. So based on a real story where one guy saves seventy five dudes from a battlefield. He like stays behind while enemies like all over the place, and he just drags seventy five dudes to safety. And I just was like, wow. Like I was in that movie where I wanted to watch something, and then I always connect to war movies. Do you like war movies, man? I do, I do like war movies. Save It Private Ryan. Oh it yeah. One. The Hurt Locker. Oh yeah. I really enjoy that. And for one. modern war movies, I'm Hurt Locker definitely has to be up there because there's not a lot of really there's good. There's not a lot of really good like modern war movies. I, yeah. I could say American Sniper, the one on Chris Kyle from Clint Eastwood. Yeah. That was a good one as well. Black Hawk Down was Black Hawk Down was probably relatively new or recent-ish, yeah. but still, it's 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, one of my friends was a ago. huge fan of Black Hawk Down. That's a shout-out to Mr. Jimmy Adamakis. Black Hawk Down. Yes. Josh Hartnett. And that's, that's true. Like I loved Mel Gibson, and he did you know, We Were Soldiers, The Patriot. Like, oh, right, yeah. I love He was also in Braveheart, too. And Braveheart. Oh. And I have a quarter Scottish in me, so God bless. But, nonetheless, movies, there's a passion I have for it, and my path veered one way, but I'm going to 
use this energy, channel it, and continue on that path and never give up. Would so. you Would you believe me if I told you like when I was younger, I actually thought about being an actor? I would believe I, you because I feel like that's like a dream that like a lot of people. It wasn't just for like the money. I just love movies. Oh, just definitely watching all money. different kinds of movies. Like I just recently saw The Irishman. I, I definitely like, noticed you. You have a passion for movies because like the way you watch is like the same way I watch and. We didn't really get to expand on the Irishman. Yeah, I don't want you know what it is because I know you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but basically what you said is what so many people are telling me that it was double the length it needed to be. It was way too long. And as soon as you think the movie's over, there's a whole nother Don't movie get me wrong. It. I love Robert De Niro. I love Al Pacino and I love Joe Pesci. But my goodness, if if there was a movie that was three and a half hours long saying We've got a problem. That's way too long. <laughs> yeah, for and that's the thing. Martin Scorsese, oh, man. yeah, who's One of done my favorite directors legendary ever. movies. It's just like, and the legendary cast, a famous line in Family Guy, who was making fun of The Godfather. Who remember, like you, you love The Godfather. Yes, and, uh, and not that I don't love it, but Family Guy once said. It insists, it insists upon, upon itself. I knew you were going to say it that. It insists upon itself. First of all, I remember... It so does. When I, I first saw that movie, I'm like, what the hell does that actually mean? It insists upon itself. Oh, so like, it basically is like when you get all those all-star casts and, and the director, it's like, not that they're so full of themselves, but it's like there was no energy and good things put into the narrative and the acting, and it was just like arrogance in a way where... If we just have this person on screen, people will be amazed. But you still have to do a job. You do have to perform and create a story, build things. And essentially, I think that's what they mean. It insists upon itself. It's just like a normal scene of a guy drinking a cup of something in The Godfather is that much better just because it's or, the names of who it is. Or maybe it's just the fact that it's just a three-hour long movie about the passing the throne to the younger son and all that. See, but that's the thing. It's a good three-plus-hour movie. Oh, it's a fantastic three-hour movie. And I movie. have no problem. Braveheart, another example of a very long movie. And if it's doing its job, I'm hooked, and I don't even care how long it is. If anything, I don't want the movie to end. But I've heard the Irish Goodf Goodfellas is that is right. that movie for me from start to finish. I want more. Yeah, and then I hear this Irishman thing, and you know there might be some weird bureaucracy thing because it was with Netflix and they were trying to. I feel like it's because it's the whole Netflix and it's Martin Scorsese and it's Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino, Joe Pesci. It was the legend, core legend, ingredients. Legend. It was the core ingredients to what would be a great movie, and I think it was Netflix' attempt to counterbalance the launch of Disney Plus. You know exactly. There's a way for them to actually fight back because Disney Plus, everyone is getting Disney Plus. And if Disney Plus, you might know this, but they bought Marvel. They have owned Marvel. They right? own. Mar they own Marvel. They own all the young, all the younger, like our childhood, pretty much movies. Boy like, Meets World. Boy Meets World. TV Zach, show. Sweet Life. Oh Zach and God. Cody. Uh, Phil meets. Uh, Phil the Future. Wow. Uh, Phil so the Future. Hannah Montana. And then also they have like the like the Lizzie McGuire movie and wow. like Luck of the Irish and things like that. See, that's awesome, and everyone has a good time doing that. But I know Netflix was kind of sitting in the water there, being like, "We got to do something." So there was definitely a large group of people that went just to Netflix, bought a subscription just so they could see The Irishman. That was probably their intention. But they might have not done as well if it maybe went into a theater. And I don't know. I don't know why it was just released on Netflix. But nonetheless, heard it was a disappointment. It was It's controversial. Some people said it's Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. And I do have to say this. Really? This is bullshit. 
<laughs> is considering with all these other movies that he's made, The Taxi Driver, The Departed, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street. Bam, bam, My bam. goodness. And like, another example of something that insisting upon itself, I just realized my buddy of mine said, you really just come into the story. It's not like there's a beginning, middle, and end. You just like get a view into somebody's life and what's happening. You really have no idea what's going on. And then as you piece it together, the movie ends and you're like, wait, that's it. But that's when I feel like another example of insisting upon itself. It's just like you're just glimpsing in and it's already cool because it is who it is. Because it's what it is. It's what the story is like. I couldn't wait for this movie to come out. For I was like say the longest there's no movie on, I mean, that I know of, of Jimmy Hoffa. Like, I will say this. The first hour and a half of the movie was awesome. It was phenomenal. Right here. The final two hours... Dread out, stretched out, way too long, Not like needed. unnecessary. They easily could have cut out at least like, like an hour, an hour and a half at least. Yeah, and especially these days with attention spans being so. And my attention span, I'm usually good. I'm like when something I get hooked, I get hooked like that. Yes, and that's what you're talking about. Your passion for film and like, I love watching movies with people. I had a buddy of mine. Shout out to Ryan Iani who watch movies, we'd go to theaters, and we would just all of a sudden not even speak or blink until the end of the movie, and then we'd share like our ideas and everything. But tell me, and you audience, I wanna ask this to the audience out there, you answer this from me. All right. One of my biggest pet peeves okay. is people that are like loud, distract distracting, obnoxious in uh, movie theaters. Oh my God. Do you get bothered by that? Absolutely, yes. There's a few, like, if it's like a deep, deep movie like say yeah. Joker for example oh, and you yeah. guys are like I remember one time I saw you know the movie Cloverfield the horror movie yes, when he takes yes. over New York I had one guy sitting in front of me and this was also 2008 I was 13 years old this guy kept on burping and burping <laughs> I'm like I couldn't hear anything I'm like I want to say dude shut up for yeah. God's sake it's like okay it's funny the first or two times you do it but yeah I had a group of friends like like Cloverfield, we saw the movie The Gray, which was a very deep psychological movie. And the Liam Neeson, yeah, Liam Neeson. And it's more than just a plane crash and them fighting off wolves. It's a very like it's a metaphor for many big things in life, like of course, fighting yeah. off darkness in your life and depression and all that. And, anyways, at the end, we're driving home, and my buddy's girlfriend says, I hope they didn't actually hurt any puppies and they killed the puppies in the movie. Jesus and like, Christ. and I'm like, okay. All right, I'm not going to get mad. Everyone has their opinions. and There's a reason their... why it's called a movie, and that's why they also said no dogs were harmed in the making of this movie. And it's, a, it's like the fact that she didn't actually get it. It's okay. Some people receive movies differently. But while in the theater, there was just... I saw it with my buddy Ryan Yanny first and loved it and was gripped, and I couldn't wait for my boys to see it. And my one friend, Sebi Bordenero, shout out, who sat to my right, I know he was watching, but I know the rest of the crew was just talking and jib-jabbing, and it was just... Ugh. the worst moment that ever happened in a movie theater. I'm watching a deep, deep, awesome movie. It's the sad part. It's that moment where if you can ascend and connect and just forget that you're you with your phone and your bills and your life, yeah. and you just completely are enveloped by the movie, there was this big dramatic moment. And because someone in the audience was either uncomfortable with it or didn't have the ability to connect, they started laughing during a very, very sad oh part. Oh, my. Oh. And... Me and my buddy Ryan and I literally no. gripped our seats because we wanted to get up and be like, why are you even here? If you are not oh, okay. enjoying this and connecting to this, why are you ruining it for all those who can appreciate this art? Also, I also got another story as you continue to Give talk it to about. us. Give it all to right. us. So we saw, uh, was it me and a couple of my friends saw Avengers Endgame earlier mm. this year. 
Great movie all around. Huge Bef- series. Before the mo- before the movie even started, first of all, this theater was packed. This was the second day it came out. Of course. And uh, this woman was like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I think my friend like had like had her seat like her feet up like this, mm. and I think the woman like in front was complaining about it, and like my friend refused to move this. Oh I'm like, I'm like, dude, don't get us kicked out of the movie because of your bullshit. Like seriously. Oh jeez, that reminds me of because I have to say it every episode. Like Kyrie not taking off his hat for the oh, photo. For... I'm just kidding. I'm should, not... I just, should I just do that? We're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna go there. All right, but but that's weird. That's so annoying. I'm just like, just like, just do what the lady says. I'm yeah, right. We've been, like... I've been waiting like. 11 years for this movie to come out. Yeah, and it's like, if you're not even, if you're enjoying the, if you're about the movie and there for the movie, then take your feet down. Who cares? Like, you're there for the thing and you're with a group of friends. Isn't that, that's like embarrassing. I just find it funny, but. <laughs> I, like, I honestly get embarrassed when I have, when you're in your group of friends and you have a friend that like does something very embarrassing, like, or something that you would never do. Oh, like, but like, they get in the bar fight, something. I mean, if I was, like, a true friend, I'd be like, yeah, I know this person. But if it was like for, like, something like that, I'd be like, I don't know this person at all. You know what? In my whole life, I would always do the thing where you kind of just smile and nod, smile and nod. But Smile and wave, boys. There was smile one point. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean to go this direction, but I'm going to say it. Just go for it. One time, there was a bunch of drunk dudes in college. All my boys were together. And the idea of race came up. And um, somebody just, like, said something very racist and and just naive. And it was the first time in my life that I couldn't just let it go. And, of course, I got some flack back just being, like, not the fact that I'm white and I was, like, defending a black cause or anything. But it was just, like, dude, it's not even about that. I'm defending a cause for a people, like, that it doesn't matter what color I am. I can relate to the, what they're, like... I can't relate what they're going through, but what I can relate to is the courage that it took for them to do X, Y, and Z, and just the naivete of my friend just kind of being that guy who wasn't able to appreciate or even realize what's going on and the, the, the intensity of his words and the hurt it could cause, and just the negative it spreads. I actually stood up and I started a fight with my boys in college, and it... I look back now and obviously I was young and angsty and I just wanted to believe in something. But at the same time, I stood up for something that was wrong. And when, even if it's just a moment like your friend putting his feet up at a movie yeah. theater, like I'm learning in life, it's time where if I'm not cool with that, then I'm going to say something. You know, it is, especially with uh, everything that we've been seeing involving race and all that other stuff that people have a difficult time understanding. They're still the same, like me and you. In a way, I, that that's the part that frustrates me the most. Is like, and I understand because I probably would have done the same thing. I'm like, they're the same person no matter what. Don't you dare treat them differently because of color of their skin or the ethnicity, sexual orientation, religion. Seriously, anything. It's, it's like, how many years is it gonna take? Like, if we realize the trend is more and more people are actually realizing, oh, we are all the same, just different gifts with different wrapping paper. Ugh. Like, okay, if that's the trend, then just let's just realize, like. Why are we just going to make it drag on with all this BS? Anyways, I didn't mean to take it this direction. Talk about digressing. We didn't, uh, I did not expect... Super digressed. Mo- but it, it was passion. It was movies. It was things we hate. Like we people being weird in theaters. We could still continue to talk about what we were actually going to talk about. But since passion the- is all part of everyone's life and important things to believe in. And James... There's a reason why he's wearing some pajama bottoms. Yep. And I'm wearing, you know, pajama cozy, comfy clothes. Because we we like to be cozy here today, especially... And tell us why. For a great cause. So today is the day where we celebrate uh, 
uh, Children's um, Connecticut Children's Hospital. You know, we're trying to remember those or think of those kids who suffer from cancer or other really bad illnesses. Who, and he, he was telling me about at, at his job or at his job, they yeah. were wearing pajama day. Yeah, so. it was a statewide thing. So basically, all schools across Connecticut oh, very cool. either have te- have their teachers and students wear pajamas to think of those kids who suffer from those horrible illnesses. Who it just it hurts the heart. It breaks the heart. Yeah, because they don't have the ability to actually like change because it's, they're like suffering like all nothing, day and they have hearts of steel and they know nothing different they're so young they haven't even lived life or had experiences yet but i know it's it's an important noble cause to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves at times and it's something we should all be bar none connected on kids was, kids are such a beautiful cause to to mm-hmm. appreciate and support so that's a very cool yeah. very cool i also thing. want to volunteer like at a children's hospital too i want kids to actually you know Forget about their disease for like a little bit. Like actually be happy like who they are. Actually be kids, not be someone different. Yeah. And that that's actually something that's always beautiful. Like kids are relentless in their... They're, they're great, honestly. You may call them... They might be a lot wild, of different, rambunctious, whatever. Rambunctious, don't know what Naive, they're doing, whatever. not listening. But they're honest. And I do love the honesty of a child. Because whether it's like... Something brutal that you needed to hear, but but no one would have the balls to say it. Like it's kind of funny. It's awesome. You know what it is. Not only is it funny, it's also so completely unexpected. Like think of it this way. Like say that you like criticize me on something like that. A five year old would say it, but you wouldn't have the balls. to I say I would be that. terrified to be like, well, there's this thing that you did, and whatever. I was, and a kid would just be like, you did that. I will say, <laughs> I will say this though. I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, I had one kid. Um, said that I couldn't be a teacher because I wasn't married. And like me and my co-teacher, we were just like <laughs> laughing our asses off. I'm you know like, what I just did? I just thought of it from a kid's perspective because you always call them Mr. That or, or Mrs. Mrs. That. <laughs> I love kids. Like, the, I just saw that thought. That's beautiful. Yeah, everyone's saying, he's like, you should get married to your girlfriend. I'm like, I'm like, hey. I'm like, whoa, what do you know about marriage? You're only three. You don't even know how to properly... Go to the toilet. <laughs> oh, God bless. And that's such a cool thing, man. And you tell us a little bit more about like what it's like working with kids. It's like a wave. There yeah. are days. Ups some down. days are better than others. Of course. But uh, the most the important thing is is that you're changing a kid's life. You're trying to make them the best person they possibly can. And I have preschoolers, so I'm trying to make them wow. successful for kindergarten when they go to elementary school. It's a very vital time in their life, though. It's, you're, it molding, you're molding them at such a very moldable age. Because I feel like it's it's also more than just academically. I, I'm also focusing on more towards socially. Because I think socially is a little bit more important than academically. Because you want them to be able to interact with other people properly not yeah. put their hands like that and, like, and start fights and what starts fights and all that other stuff so i'm like i'm all about showing respect showing manners saying please and thank you you're making like, sure that you're not making sure that you use your words like yes instead of complaining to me like i do every five seconds but hey you're actually right about that because if there's one thing you really want a kid to take away from school that they don't, you know, they won't tell you. Like, yes, you get your lessons and the books and the reading and the whatever, and you get your grades, but the lessons you learn in the social world, you don't get it from a book. You, don't you get, get it book. from you get it from and actually doing that it. That skill does more for them in the end. Granted, the kid could get whatever grades, but he could still be successful in life if he has healthy and positive relationships 
and he invokes and is a positive part of society and invokes that in others. So that's awesome, man. And so there was a stat. They raised, how much money was it? It was $637,000 since 2011. That is awesome. Connecticut Children's Hospital. The day was PJ Day for the kids. That is awesome, man. I th I love wearing PJs too. It's it's not only is it the most comfortable day of the year, but also for causes like that, you're like, all right, and I feel it feels good. That's actually. that's cool, and uh, we're also feeling cozy. And somebody's uh, and speaking of big money, uh, another reason why we're feeling so cozy is because yeah, well, whoa, we're switching it around now. A record was broken. Yes, nine years, three hundred. $24 million. Garrett Cole, Yankees, signed. I want to talk about my reaction, by the way, because it happened in the middle of the night. I woke up at maybe like 15 minutes before I was supposed to wake up, and uh, I saw one thing. Cole to the Yankees. Cole to the Yankees. I'm like, they got it done? I'm like, holy crap, they got it done. I'm like, oh, man. This the funny is thing was you texted me first before Cole happened. Yeah. Didi signed with the Phillies. Yeah, I know, because I was upset about and I, that. And you were upset, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then literally, it was just probably right after you went to bed. It was like 12.30 at night when it happened. I got yeah. the thing, and I was like, but then there's this. So you can be out there, and you can say nine, the big contracts, like $36 million a year for a starting pitcher. You yep. can say for a guy who pitches one out of every five days. You can say all these things about it, but you know what? It was a huge piece that we needed. We, because Ooh, we needed it on the Christmas list for Yankees, pitching, 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 pitching. They got it. And if done. you didn't understand that, pitching uh, more pi and more pitching. So our potential like five man rotation could be <laughs> Garrett Cole, Severino, Severino, Masahiro Tanaka, Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, James Paxton, either Domingo Herman or Jordan, Jordan Montgomery, Montgomery, but most likely J.A. Happ. Who knows? J.A. Happ. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, that's. A championship Big built piece. roster right there. Big piece. I'm excited to see what Cole can do. And I honestly think it's not going to be that thing where after you get a big contract, they rescind. The, his stats probably won't be as good as last year's because that's almost impossible. If he can win 15, if he can win like 15 to 19 games, I'll take yeah. it. And you know what? Honestly, it's just like... He literally can almost not repeat what he did last year, and I understand that. No, but that was inhumane what he did. There was like a point where he didn't lose for like what was it? 19, he didn't lose. He didn't lose from starts. May. He didn't lose from May until that start against the um, Nationals, and where he blew it when he like gave up like five runs, I think it was. Right. But hey, we'll take Garrett Cole, and I will say this. It did kind of help me feel a little bit better because there was the whole Didi Gregorius going to the uh, Phillies. Now, as you said, you're kind of expecting it. Yep, I did expect that, but man, I did not want it to happen. But it's it one of those things where you, you remember baseball's a business, and but the heart is there. And Didi, my heart was with you, man. You, dude, you were phenomenal. You had the toughest challenge, literally toughest job in all of Major League Baseball. Replacing the captain, Derek Jeter. Not an easy task. He's not. He's not um, replacing some shortstop scrub. He's replacing a legend. Legend and legend that the New York Yankees literally identified their leader and self as for almost twenty years. I know. So there was that little time where Didi was a little uncharacteristic and making some errors in the field right out of the gate. It was probably hitting was inconsistent. It was probably. It, it, of course You're it's anxious. There, but I'm very, very happy that either Brian Cashman or whoever saw it, saw what they saw, 
And what unfolded and developed over the following however many years was beautiful. It was definitely, it had to be all on him too. Because he literally went from being the least Yankee favorite to being the fan favorite in a matter of a couple of years. And there's so many things to remember. I mean... The swag. That beautiful beautiful swing he had to right field. So pretty. And his glove was phenomenal. So pretty in the field, you're right. And you're right. When he swung and hit a home run to right field, it just had so much flow and just like... He developed a lot of pop. You know, people make fun of Yankee Stadium's wall for being short, but... He was crushing it everywhere. His balls went to triple deck. Don't matter if it was a short wall or not. Like, he had that huge grand slam and, and that... In the ALDS. And, and your the, favorite and my favorite. My favorite moment 2017. of the thing. Wild card game. Yanks down 3 nothing. Luis Severino We got just got punched out. in the gut. I literally thought the season was over when Luis Severino couldn't get... Out of the he first got only, inning, he only got one out. He right? got one out. Then he got the next two runners on, and then he. We uh, were down three nothing. And then I remember, I, re- I still remember. I was bartending. Day. I don't. Were you at the bar? No, no, I was not at the. I bar. I was bartending. I remember I was walking around the bar, going to a table in the far corner, and as I'm looking, and I'm already feeling like a little nervous because nobody else in the place is really caring. There's a lot of Red Sox fans there. As soon as that ball was hit, and I saw the path of the outfielders going, I knew it was gone, and I may or may not have yelled out loud. Bleep yeah! I couldn't believe without the bleep. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it honestly. It's like you know what it is. It was all those years of frustration not hitting with runners in scoring position. Oh yeah, it felt like deja vu all over again. Because I remember they got first and third with nobody out, and then Mm -hmm. Gary Sanchez hit a pop up. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me again with this wasted opportunity. And that was the theme of that whole year. We could not get the clutch hit, and Didi just release the pressure and the world went nuts and Didi made himself a legend in Yankee history. He really did in such a short amount of time. It might have been the greatest moment of the 2010s for the New York Yankees. I mean, yeah, because as we know, we didn't really make it to a World Series in that decade. Not saying we had an awful decade, but it was Yankees have at least made it to the World Series once every decade since the 1910s. Except for this decade, which except still kind of sucks. Except for 2001 to 2000 no, 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 2010 to 2010 to 2019. 19. Zero. So, Zip. Nothing. But we're thinking 2020. Also, yes, we will. Also, I, I do want to remember one more memory what of the uh, Game 5, 2017 ALDS. Corey Kluber on the mound in Cleveland. Oh, wow. Two home runs against the ace, Corey Kluber. How does that happen? Because he's Didi. And Didi did have that clutch in him. You know, he had the clutch gene. Definitely, I think and it once, him. oh, totally. And once that like identity of like our captain's gone, we have somebody else at shortstop. Literally, no one else could have done the job he did. Like, literally, no one. Not waiting even, over like him, I, the fans. Like, it's New York, nonetheless. I don't think I like Francisco Lindor. I love him. I don't know if he had the chops to actually do like what probably not. Jeter did. Probably not. Or and, what Didi did. I and say. whoever, yeah, and whoever comes to play shortstop again, and you know, maybe it'll be Glaber Torres. Maybe he'll get. I there. think first DJ of all, I think second. Glaber, I think is um, first of all, I think he's much better defensively at shortstop too. So. I like him there. I like that. But whatever happens, it was an honorable job that yes. Didi did and it's going to be great to remember you and uh, I wish you nothing but success and I know for a fact it's a one year deal he'll be he'll be celebrated when if we play the Phillies this year if we go there he goes there he hopefully needs, they he come needs in. he needs a video he needs a standing ovation will. from the entire stadium and Didi is also playing with uh, Joe Girardi again that's right so he's playing with a man who probably transformed his career if you yeah, think about it so you know true. he's there to lift up his spirits once again I think the Phillies are some to be to be. be I held. think this, I, I think there's no 
No boat. And I think Bryce Harper will finally be like, like what happened with Didi when he. I think Joe Bryce Harper will be like, okay, I don't have to worry about my contract and stress for a moment. And I think Joe Girardi will actually strain it on Bryce Harper. Yeah. Because think of, of the players that Joe Girardi had to deal with. A-Rod, for example. That whole mess. Jo- and Girardi got, got the World Series, so, you know, Phillies are going to be scary next year. But uh, there's one more Yankee thing that happened. That Brett Gardner. Yes! Another year of the Gardy party. Now, I don't know if there's mixed views out there. and. Uh, oh, for mixed views. No, many people aren't as big on Guardy Party as, as you would think. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? I'll give you the devil's advocate. He's the fastest player on the team, speed-wise, and he only tries to steal like 12 to 15 times He's a year. also the only leader of the team, I would say, besides Aaron Judge. Yeah, he definitely is clubhouse. Now, I'm not saying none of those things are true. He hit way more home runs than you would expect. He hit 28 home runs. I did not expect that. Yeah, and once again, the wall had nothing to do with it. He hit bombs. But the guy, some say he may uppercut too much trying to hit over that wall. He doesn't get on base enough. I think his stats are just enough in the new age of sabermetrics looking at how many times he does get on base. He is small. He walks a decent amount. But he should be one of those guys, even though he's late in his career, where a walk turns into a double. You know, it turns into him getting second more often. I always thought he should have tried to steal more, be more aggressive, but he doesn't. Yeah. And he's, he's getting up there in age too, so his speed is probably not as fast as he used to. And I'll take all the good things about him because, like, even if the one bad, there was this time where he's one of those guys where he's on first base and the ball's hitting the gap, and he had to like read the ball falling longer. And him, his speed should have always known. Okay, that ball's not getting caught. He should have scored easily. There's just been a couple decision-making base running things where like his speed is almost like neutralized because he's not the Best base runner. I'm all about, see, here's the thing. There are times where he may be on a cold streak, but his presence is still felt. But yes. The bad thing. And <laughs> now, after all that devil's advocate, I have to say, I do like the guy. Yes. Not only is he a clubhouse yes! leader, but the bad thing, the savage, the, everything, he's exactly who we need. And we do need a veteran presence in that clubhouse. We've got a lot of young guys there. And also dudes that are still new to the team. Giancarlo is still relatively new and... And uh, we got Garrett Cole. We have we need and, somebody uh, that's been there for a while because uh, no, Cece's gone now. And no Hicks too because of right. Tommy John surgery. So, so we're gonna need that outfielder. I like it. I think Gardner is probably gonna be in the starting center fielder spot probably. until Aaron Hicks comes back. Rotating Talkman. Whatever the there. hell that is. Aaron, get better and uh, get well yeah. soon. Hope Tommy John goes well. But uh, Tommy John, this is Timothy John, and that's James Evan, and we uh, we're at the end of the episode today. Wow. That was really awesome. That was a lot to talk about, man. Woo! We did it. You know, like, we had a lot. It was just passion today. I loved it. I felt it. So, before we go, where can they find us, good sir? You can find us on uh, lots of podcast platforms. I showed you how we're officially on iHeartRadio. We're on iHeartRadio. Radio. Radio. There's iTunes. There's Apple Podcasts. There's There's Spotify. Spotify, Google Transistor. Transistor, Castro. Breaker. My goodness, I know. I'm getting all over the place. Come find us. Come find us. Come find us. Come look at these nice blue pajama buttons yeah. I have to bring today. And uh, it was definitely an early Christmas present, or for our sake. Yes. Hanukkah for us. Thanks, Yankee fans. Garrett Cole. Thanks, man. I can't wait to watch you pitch and pinstripes. I got to start looking for Yankee tickets now. Yes. And try to, try to, ooh, yeah. I can't wait to go. I know. That's exciting. And we look forward to it. And we look forward to talking to you next week. It's been uh, episode number 40, Luis Severino. Yes. Sevi. Uh, How about that, Sevi? Pressure probably completely off now. Anyway. He's going to be awesome. Yes. Hey, 
What an episode, bud. I want to shake your hand on camera. Yes. That was great. Show the love. And give ourselves a little tap of the cap here. Uh, Mark Philo, also giving you a shout out because you're my boy. Tip of the cap to us, big man. Yes. 40 episodes. I know. Can I do one more shout out, by the way, to one of my Why very ask? good friends Just out there? Just go for it. Bro. Yes. My buddy, Tony Valentino, who literally asks every week to actually be on the show, but unfortunately he lives up there in Boston. So you might be able to work something out. We'll get you up there, man. We'll definitely get you on the show because I know he's a Red Sox fan. That'd be awesome. But we're going to get you on there, my man. Keep listening. And uh, as always, never forget to rock, rock and, and or roll. roll.